What's up, Sassy Gamers? Today is February 25th, 2021. I am Mike, or better known as Zycia, or maybe better known as Mike. I don't care. Whichever one is better for you. Uh, I'm also here with Brian today. Hey, how's it going? Maybe. Uh, I mean, Zycia. Get on my level. I don't know if you're better known as pumped. anything. <clears throat> yeah. Worse known. AKA... Speaking of, we'll get into that, but uh, I'm also here with Bruno, we, or we're also here with Bruno. Bruno's actually here with us, too, so we're all kind of just Yeah, here. hi, I'm uh, I'm Demiran, uh, better known as Demiran, uh, maybe Bruno, maybe Demiran, maybe maybe Zycia. I don't actually know who I am. I don't think you're better known as Zycia. Are you sure? Maybe you are. I mean, who knows? It's a big this world out there. Top, this is at least top <laughs> 30 best intro ever. I could just steal your name whenever future video okay. game. Or what if I do like Zycia underscore oh XXX underscore Zycia underscore XXX. You can just do the real Zycia. Yeah. Go back to like straight edge. XXX Zycia. Zeiss Lord. <laughs> it's funny that I say the AKA thing is I was filling out some paperwork today. I, I did a refinance on my home I'm sorry uh, because apparently rates are lower so I was like hey I'll take a lower rate uh, but I was filling out all the paperwork and she's like hey I, I know you have to like sign it or whatever like a million pages but for some reason your company put your name also known as like your middle initial included so I had to sign everything with first name last name then put aka ah, first name ah. middle initial last name <laughs> on every single sheet and I, I mean we spent like a good hour of like signing things. Yeah. So as so I'm I'm oh. my name, but I'm also known as my name with my middle initial. I have uh, any future stupid paperwork. shit. That I is have some idiotic really stupid dumb. shit. I have two middle names, and because of that, somehow the way that it's worked out is one of my middle names always has to be used in full on every official piece of paperwork. So actually, when I signed all the paperwork when I purchased my house, I had to sign it, and put my name on it as my full fucking three names. At least not all four, but my full fucking three names. Miserable. Hate when hate the way they do it with paperwork. Fucking awful. Just, should just be able to do my initials. And then somebody could steal my identity because it's America. <clears throat> yep. So before we get into the news today, which we have a shit ton of news for this week. I don't know what the fuck happened we this last week. We it down. It's but fine. Like, shit, shit popped off. For like news. Everybody had news about something like, I don't know, you can just pick it and there was some sort of news on it. Every uh, Rip Van Winkle and, and shit lord out there thought that they were newsworthy and decided to do something. Yeah, I mean, we had so much shit to go through and like sift through before the show that like it was bad. Just had a lot of shit anyway. But uh, why don't you start off with the I most important mention. thing? Well, the most important thing, well, not sort of important thing. So. If you're not, if you're living under a rock, uh, or maybe you're going to a planet with rocks, as far as we know. Or living on another planet. You totally missed that segue. Or living on another planet. Thank you. So, there, so if, you're, if you're familiar, NASA sent another rover to Mars. Uh, rover's name is Perseverance, and uh, it's going to be there. It's supposed to have, like, 4K video, 4K, like, all kinds of things, so we can actually, like, really see what the hell is going on over there. Uh, and I've seen some screenshots of like aliens supposedly holding up pictures of what like they're setting back in front of the camera. So like you can't see what's actually going on there. Um, but one of the neat things that somebody on Reddit had found 
is because uh, Reddit, it's obviously everybody just always figures shit out on Reddit because that's just how it goes. Um, one of the 4K videos and stills they had of like the nice photos they had was uh, one of the parachutes of the parachute falling from the sky like to the, the planet. And while the parachute was open, it had this like really cool like red and white sort of color uh, to it, like his pattern. And someone picked that up and realized like, that seems odd. Like the way that this pattern is doesn't seem like it's it's not like um, matching. It's not like, you know, you know, A and B, A and B. It's very like random, but at the same time, maybe not. So they looked into it. It turns out it was like binary code and uh, and the binary code from the actual uh, parachute read dare mighty things is what it actually came out to i and, actually uh, love the fact also, that you explained to the audience what a fucking parachute is and what it does but go on <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah i kind of did just in case you've never seen one before um so the parachute's outer ring apparently uh translates to coordinates um which they have the coordinates there and uh the trying to think what the other part of this is um but anyway it's dare mighty things and really freaking cool that someone figured this shit out uh and they have like some some things on twitter you can see there's like the way they were able to like tear it apart and figure it out the code like how they cracked it um but it just goes to show you little cool things like that um well i, I love, mean it's nasa right so i, I love mean, the crowdsourcing like and shit. of reddit and whoever else got involved in it the crowdsourcing that involved here of all these people getting involved and they cracked it like same flipping day. Like there was no de- like NASA's like, oh, we're going to be clever and we're going to put this in there. Yeah. And the Internet says, bitch, we figured this out already. <laughs> yeah. Like what's next? So and it's just it's neat like that. That that kind of stuff to me with Reddit is cool because like like you wouldn't find that anywhere else. Like it's just kind of random shit. Now, actually, um, I did hear it's not the only hidden message on the rover. What else you got? No, I'm I'm not saying that someone's figured out the next one. I'm saying that I believe NASA stated it's not the only hidden message that's on the rover. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, there so may they, be another they also one have like. Yeah, they have some like little like uh, images they have on there. It's like kind of like the uh, like the car stickers you have in the back of your car, where it shows like the family, the little stick figures family or whatever. It's like that, but it's all the rovers um, to signify like the, the timeline of the rover, almost like if uh, cavemen excuse me, caveman going to like, like modern day human, like that path, that um, progress there. So they have that too, which is pretty neat. And, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of other things. And like I said, these are, you know, these are scientists. These people are like probably on Reddit as well. And like, I saw another picture of like the actual command room where there was like the little dog on fire from like, everything is fine. And uh, like, he's like little um, stuffed animals, like on the desk of one of the, the people from NASA. Cause it's like, you know, they're don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, so really cool story. Obviously, we're landing on Mars. We're going to get some really cool footage here soon uh, with the you know, ultimately on past just the landing and stuff. I've also heard that it actually has like a drone. Uh, so it's gonna be like the first drone they've ever had out there, which is like a prototype. They're going to see if potentially this will work, because if it does work, then it's going to take a lot of the work out of the the, the, the uh, rovers because they don't have to like slowly drive around. They can literally just fly a drone to like different areas to check it out. So that's going to be pretty neat. Um, so another thing that I saw before we kind of get too crazy, uh, so obviously COVID's still a big deal. Pandemic is obviously still a big deal. People want to travel, still a big deal. We can't, it sucks. Uh, you know, some people can, but it depends on like, you know, you have to like wait timelines and stuff. But, um, 
So one of the cruise lines, Royal Caribbean, if you're not familiar, uh, it's one of the huge cruise ships that they have, like ships around the world. And uh, the CDC has actually reached out to Royal Caribbean uh, because of the way that they want to like keep their CDC guidelines or their their you know, COVID guidelines up. And it's actually pretty interesting because the the first one is obviously like, you know, making sure that everybody's, you know, uh, had checks and everybody's you know fine like that. Um, but the second part of the whole COVID protocol is that they're giving everybody that's going to get on the ship. They're going to give everybody a like wristband, almost like a Fitbit. Uh, like a, a small, like a really dumbed down fit. Not like you're gonna have a screen or anything on it, but it's like this little wristband that you'll wear. And what's good, they're saying is gonna happen. It's like a AI thing they're working into. Uh, but basically, it's going to allow you to like contact trace people based on the location on the ship, and it also records how long you were around other people. So, for example, let's say we're on like on the ship, and I'm let's say I test positive, and I've been talking to you guys for 15 minutes or so then it will bring you guys and they'll bring you guys down to quarantine as well to let you know that you've been in contact with somebody for 15 minutes and now they're locking like everybody up on the ship. So really crazy. I mean, I thought the idea like it's a great idea on paper. Like I could hear the guy like the spill, like the the business meeting, like we could do this, like we could do it this way. And that sounds great. But realistically, like, like what? (laughs) Like almost like minority report. Like, I mean, great. Okay. I know people go on cruises for different reasons. I get that. Yeah. Uh, especially couples. But what if you go on a party cruise and you're hooking up with people? So that now, is a first good point. Off, for, first off. I mean, I, I guess it's actually is probably less embarrassing if it shows that you're around this person for 15 minutes but imagine if you hooked up with someone, pers- some person, and you did get flagged for being around 15 minutes. Or, yeah, I mean, that's and that's crazy, because like, <laughs> what if it's like, like, I mean, obviously people are devious. What if it's somebody oh. like cheated on somebody else? And then it's like they get pulled in and they're like, what are you doing here? And then you're like, well, who's that? And you're like, oh, that's my wife or husband. And you're like, oh, <laughs> And then you see the other guy that randomly was in the bar that night that you see that person as well. And it's like, whoa, what's going on here? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting thing. I mean, obviously, this is all new for everybody trying to figure out how the hell we can move on with our lives. I, I really just don't. I don't know. I thought that was a really it. interesting story. I mean, like you're already like these are the the cruises as far as I know right now that they even have running are like no ports. You're just at sea. So, I mean, like it Boring. is what it is like. Yeah. Like, who cares if they know what room you're in at what time? I mean, most of them are going to know regardless because there's cameras in all the hallways anyways for most of those cruise ships. I mean, there's not in the cabins, yeah. but they like if they really needed to know where you were, <laughs> they can fucking find out which room number you went to one way or another. That's you yeah, know, the, the, that's true. The cruise ship that puts uh, cameras in the uh, cabins is going to be the next OnlyFans freaking breakout star. <laughs> what if they just made an OnlyFans cruise line where yeah, everybody cruise. that went there, there was just <laughs> was just there for oh only OnlyFans at sea? A new yeah, product which, brought to you by OnlyFans Incorporated. They know which room Streaming gets all the views, the so the person who had that room, you like, gets a portion of the of the proceeds. Half oh the God. ship is OnlyFans own. The other half is Pornhub. 
Yeah, and you can make your, you can make, meet up with all the the executives and stuff from the board games. It's like fucking painted right Midnight down buffet. the middle. One side is like white with whatever the OnlyFans logo is. The other side's like black with like the the yellowy orange like border, just perfectly split. Yep. <laughs> oh, Welcome to like 2022, motherfuckers. Yeah, I like it. Uh, again, that sounds like a good plan. Again, the most embarrassing part is if you get called in and they're like, no, you weren't with anyone for more than 15 minutes yesterday. Like, Are you sure, though? Can you can you double check? Because I feel like I was. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm actually man. a solo so, artist, so that doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think kind of get into the news ruined the rest of the show. Zaysia. <laughs> I think so. That's great. Uh Getting into the news, BlizzCon just happened. Uh, if you are Did not it? familiar, it's Blizzard. I think so. I've heard about it. I haven't really watched it, but I think I think Bruno did. Somebody did. We, someone, one of us covered it. I'm sure we're yeah, responsible. Yeah, it's this little that, so. indie company that makes like small video um, games. <clears throat> right. So BlizzCon happened. Uh, Activision BlizzCon, uh, Blizzard had their own like release party of like things they're going to have in the future and things that are coming and you can test things and all that fun stuff. Um, so they actually invited a uh, artist that most of some people know. I mean, it's they're kind of popular. Not really, eh, though. Uh, Metallica. I mean, I you guys ever heard of them? Are they popular uh, anymore? So uh, obviously, if you've never heard, of, if you do actually live under a rock or maybe on a different planet, uh, Metallica is a band from the 80s uh, that spawned kind of like the metal movement for the the world, really. Uh, and and what they were also known for, not just from that being like angst, like power, like, you know, uh, very uh like uh, what do you call it? like socially politically driven music? Uh, what also they kind of went into was the the part of when Napster was a big deal back in the early two thousands. Was oh, yeah. Napster was like like people were able to share music people to people. They could just share music for free, and it was whatever. And they started going after that because they were losing royalties. Is how they felt like people were sharing their albums and and they're not making any money off of it. So they were very, one of the first, like few advocates out there, like we got to stop Napster and Napster's terrible. Well, they even made a commercial like for Napster, like, like, uh, don't like, it was actually like one of the Wayne's brothers, like playing like a fictional guitar on his bat. And he's like downloading something on Napster and like, like all Laurel's Aldrich comes in. And he's just like, like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm like, Oh my God. Like you're the guy. And he's like, yeah, like, what are you doing? I mean, it's, it's a really shitty commercial, but he's like trying to say like Napster's bad. Stop downloading music or whatever. And uh, so anyway, that happened, right? So so Metallic is at BlizzCon. They open up. They're going to start playing From Whom the Bells Toll, and they're going to rock out. Well, on YouTube and on their YouTube page, like I think BlizzCon and their own page, uh, they were rocking the fuck out. Like, they were just doing their thing, like, live and set wherever they were at. Uh, except the other platform that they also broadcasted from, which was Twitch. And if any of you have been following us for the podcast, we've been talking about Twitch with the DMCA stuff. And, and if you're not, you're familiar with maybe DMCA uh, with Twitch. But uh, they have a big problem with playing music that is owned and copyrighted by other people. And that's why they have their own Twitch platform, the, the soundtrack platform that we, we even use and also got DMCA one time with using their own platform. Uh, but they they started playing on the Twitch channel. And of course, Metallica gets DMCA playing their own song because why not it's twitch like it's dmca so so literally like people are on the youtube yeah they're on the youtube they're live and they're playing all this music and it's like rocking out over there but they come to twitch and it's like this light like 8-bit sounding like almost like a zelda soundtrack like thing playing while they're rocking out and you just see them like going to town and it's just like this light little 8-bit music just going across and 
it's just very ironic that the same people who were trying to battle Napster battle the the people of like respect and all this stuff. And it's like they get DMCA to playing their own music live on Twitch. So uh, I mean, not the biggest sense. highlight from BlizzCon, but it is hilarious. It makes sense. And are you sure that was live? Because I thought Twitch usually did this after the fact for VODs, not necessarily live. I don't know actually if it was live okay. exactly, but it, uh, but definitely cool. the VODs would have been hundred percent. The VODs would have been like muted out or, or something else put over them. Uh, kind of makes sense. I mean, it's just an automated process to begin with anyway. So <laughs> I get why it happened. It's I, like you said, it's ironic. It's, it's, it's certainly funny. Um, I think it's also, it, said, it says, I also live. think it's a little bit of karmic <laughs> justice because Metallica kind of took yeah. it too far in like, I get going after Napster and after free stuff, but they were very anti like anything, internet and music for a long time. Yeah. So, um, and, it, and it was live. They had the Twitch was actually monitoring their page because they knew this was a big deal. Uh, and they, as it says here, this is actually a TMZ article. They actually said <laughs> that uh, it appears the admin team at Twitch played it safe. And muted their set for a bunch of people who were streaming it from their website. <laughs> so goofy yep, as shit. It's, uh, it's a goofy. thing. Uh, well, well and, yeah, I, I got it. Well, really quick. I, I just got to mm -hmm. say uh, just to set a little bit more here is that it's it's not just like random that BlizzCon got Metallica. I I mean. With with Blizzard, it's deep rooted with the Diablo series at a minimum that they have this metal type vibe to these things with the music and everything that they put into their games. So, I mean, it makes sense that they got Metallica. It just sucks this happened. But sorry, Demir and you're yeah, going mean, on. Really, this is probably the most uh, entertaining story to come out of BlizzCon, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um we're going to keep talking about BlizzCon because, I mean, I, it's it's still worth talking about the nothing burger that really their BlizzCon seemed to have been. Um, and I mean, most con most most game conventions are pretty, pretty slow right now. Like most of these like Nintendo Direct wasn't anything to write home about either. Um, but uh, they announced Overwatch 2. They revealed updated looks to um, four heroes, two new maps for it, which is going to be Rome and New York. Um, additional enemy AI is coming or advanced enemy AI. Um, they've obviously tweaked some things. So they're using some new technology for their engine. That's going to allow them to bring out some, um, some more gameplay mechanics and, and make things work the way they want to let them do things that they aren't doing with overwatch one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I actually sat there and watched some of the videos that they showed and <sighs> overwatch two just looks like overwatch one. I can't get over it. Like, it really does look like they're trying to resell the same game they already sold before, but with a single player go, campaign. I don't get the need for it. There isn't. Any. I don't get the need. For, just I was say, that's exactly my thought. That's it. That's yeah. all they I want. Mean, well, I mean, like, it's not even money because it kind of divides their user base right. if they release it. Uh, I mean, Overwatch, I mean, it, the first one's very deep rooted <laughs> into the esports realm of things. I get that. Yeah. They could just as easily do a single player campaign for Overwatch and extend the existing game. Um, they could update the engine all they want. That's easy. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy. I it's mean, not easy. I'm just saying 
that they could update it to whatever they're building Overwatch 2 on. There's no reason not to do that. It's just goofy. It divides up yeah. their player base in such a weird way. I don't think they care about dividing the player base, though. I really think that it's just about the initial sales of, of Overwatch. They figure the majority of people that still play Overwatch will buy Overwatch 2 and it'll make them the extra. I don't even think it's super expensive. I think they're going to try and sell it at $30 a piece. But it doesn't matter I mean, about dividing your player base. What matters is that your player base will still buy loot boxes to skin your characters. And yeah, so long and as that's people probably will, it, and they will. Reselling. Exactly. Because Which God is like, knows they are not going to carry anything over from the first game to the second game. That'll be an interesting thing because I feel like that could get them extra flack because right now one of the largest competitions coming up for them is going to be Diablo 4 versus Path of Exile 2. And one thing that Path of Exile 2 and grinding your games is being touted for is that they've already promised that not only will all of Path of Exile 1 be ported into the Path of Exile 2 engine and run in the game, be fully released for people to play, and will they allow fully strung up crossplay on both versions of the game, but any cosmetic that you have purchased in Path of Exile 1 will not only carry over to Path of Exile 2, but will be skinned up, textured up, like resolutioned up, everything will move forward and be better in Path of Exile 2 completely free of charge. So if they really do release Overwatch 2, have nothing transfer over, they're already going to be getting compared to this other company that has a competing game in their genre, and then that's just worse for them as things move along. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Overwatch 2 so far doesn't seem like anything that I'm very excited about, but there are a lot of people that are, of course, excited for the idea of more Overwatch content because the universe is really cool. Um, well, I mean, I just want to say something. <clears throat> Not that I care about Overwatch, but I mean, I'm very with you guys. It doesn't make sense because, like, to me, esports, right, this is a game that's been very heavily esported, and... Like, I think CSGO, right? CSGO is not going to change. They're not going to have a CSGO 2. Like, it's the same game. They're just going to keep adding more content, adding more loot crates, adding more skins, and keep pumping it out. So the, for the fact they're not, like, making significant changes, like, this game is now moving to, like, it's not like Call of Duty, where they're they're doing different uh, times, uh, like, time uh, frames of, the like, the world or whatever. Like, World Eras. War One, World War Two. You know, eras, there you go. Uh, we're not, they're not doing that, so it's not like, you know, there's a need for that. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Even but then, I'm sure they'll make money. Those, People are going to buy it. That's not why those games came out the way they did. They came out because it's, it, it was such a large leap in graphics. And this, there's, there's no leap from what yeah. I can see. It, it literally just looks like the same game with maybe some slightly better textures in certain circumstances. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's no discernible also difference. It's not a realistic looking game. game. Looks. Like Overwatch is or not plays. a realistic like yeah. simulation type of game. So it's like there's only so much you can do to make it look fresh and it's not going to you're not going to notice. Like, I don't know. Not... Well, I mean, it would almost be smarter. I mean, Overwatch was birthed <laughs> from the assets, both art and story wise, from a failed MMO. They were they were they were creating the MMO to replace WoW. And they realized that doing such a thing was going to be cannibalistic, that they were going to split their user base between WoW and Overwatch. And they they really couldn't find the fun in the game is literally what yeah. they said for creating this Overwatch MMO. So, I mean, why? Why create another Overwatch as it is right now when they could just take a page from their own rule book? And instead of, I see, feed them fries. No. 
But as, <laughs> instead of, you know, take a page from their old rule book and instead of creating another, uh, you know, character hero driven first person like hero shooter. And instead, what if they made an RTS based on this? I mean, they they've got the DNA to create good RTSs. Make yeah. an Overwatch RTS. Uh, make yeah. it make and that'd it. be cool because you'd get get other people to play it like potentially yeah. like I would check that out because I like RTSs. I'm not an Overwatch fan, but if it was an RTS, I'd be like, oh, I'll check it out. You know, I think they He's were already, at least RTS the are just not popular right now. Yeah, well, yeah. I, but that's an example. I mean, you could make yeah. it an Overwatch MOBA. You know, yes, they have, you know, here's the storm. I, I get that. <clears> but what I'm saying is, is they could take where they already have the assets they already have, you know, the art, the story, the background, which they've continued to develop. For that matter, they could make a I mean, point click adventure. And I honestly think get- now that you mention it, an Overwatch open world RPG survival game like no, like a full blown single player open world RPG with the universe they've created. Like I'm talking like Fallout scale because they have the money yeah. for it would be fucking awesome, but they won't do it because. Uh, it's just not their market that they want to break into. It's I mean, just easier got, for them to re-release the same fucking game. All this lore, right? And I, they they've released it in videos. I I still to this day remember the Bastion video about you know how he's you know this war robot and then he wakes up and he's in the forest and in a bird lands on him and you know and he's like protecting the bird and you know and he doesn't want to do war at least in the way that it's you know conceived at that point anymore and he wants to do more protection i mean like just they have all these characters you could do a single player rpg where you bounce from story to story and it would be fascinating follow this follow the story arc for a little bit follow the story arc for a little bit and then tell an overarching story with okay so we're going to bring this to blizzard and we're going to produce this game right yeah, I, I've used Unity once. Um, I can I make a pretty make solid I said produce. Oh, I'll see. I could make a pretty solid eight big. game. Yeah, except <laughs> Blizzard with the way they are now as a company, they're going to be like, this sounds great. But is it going to cost us a lot of money to make? And we're gonna be like, yes, but it'll make you more money. I'm like, but why would we do that? Well, we could just make the same game and make a ton of money off of it, but not spend like any money. <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, yeah, until true. that falls through and we've seen that happen on other games. Spoilers. Yeah, the, the time well, is coming. Up. Well, they'll have to have to change things up, but it's not yet. Um, and moving on to uh, it's true. Uh, another one of their. This is a really old. Uh, I guess like really old series of games um, that most people know of um, that has been met with controversy throughout many years and critical acclaim, which is the Diablo series which was really one of the primary things everybody was hoping for. At, Say um, the name of the series again. The Diablo series. Okay, it sounded different the second time. Oh. oh okay. Weird. I thought you said Diablo the first time. Diablo. 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 Sounds better now. Diablo. I don't know. Diablo. 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 The Diablo, Diablo. series. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, like, essentially, Diablo series is an action RPG um that mm-hmm. has multiplayer functionality so you can play with friends um you are essentially a person in a very grim world and you slaughter demons to save said world there's always a storyline with it 
um, and lots of loot. Um, Diablo 3, when it was released, had its issues. Um, a lot of them um, was met with uh, a lot of pushback against a lot of their design choices, along with the Real Money Auction House. But eventually, they changed the game to be extremely successful with their expansions. Um, and now everybody's waiting for Diablo 4. Um, and they finally announced some more information about it. And essentially, they announced the Demon Hunter. Nope, no, wait. The Rogue. No, oh, what? That's right. Demon Hunter? <laughs> they announced the damn a Rogue junkie. class that uses... This is mobile, right? This game's on mobile? Because that's what they no. said, right? The last E3? No, that's a different a Diablo. Phone, right? There is a Diablo mobile, but this is not this. <laughs> this is not this. I'm just so, kidding. So, um... I don't know. I don't know I'm why he referenced World of Warcraft's Demon Hunter when I was thinking of, you know, the Demon Hunter from Diablo 3. But same difference. Fair enough. Um, so anyways, the, the rogue class was announced. It's a bow and dagger user. Um, now, the reason why I made the joke about Demon Hunter is because the Demon Hunter is also a bow and dagger user. So... Like, when I watched the clips for it, I was like, oh, cool. It looks like it's a little bit more, like, melee oriented but also not not like it has all the same functionality of the other class I, um, by the way i don't know having having played a demon hunter before i i kind of liked what i saw for the rogue <clears throat> uh some of the bow work was different than most of the other bow work that i've seen diablo so far uh extremely extremely like like seriously five shots in a fraction seconds you know this really fast thing or uh phantom clones yourself to either side and all three of you shooting at the same target i mean there was some cool looking stuff but of course they're only going to well, show the coolest yeah, stuff well, well the reason why i said that is because all of that exists within the demon hunter on diablo 3 those are all bills that exist there are shadow clones and things of the sort in in diablo 3 it looks really really refined so i'm excited to see what comes out of diablo 4 i just it's blizzard so anytime That's that blizzard announces something new i'm like Oh, how long do we have to wait? And is it actually going to be as good as you're showing me? Or are you just showing me the parts that are good so you can fuck me over later? And the answer is usually yeah. yes, but I'm going to hold out hope. They also announced part of this, which I'm going to mention, it wasn't actually in our news, but they announced Diablo 2's remake um, slash remaster, whatever the fuck they're branding it as, um, which looks yeah. really good. Um, so kind of excited for that more than anything else, as weird as that is. Sure. And what also rocked the world of Blizzard, among other things, this last week was people doing a big old what? When people saw something along the lines of like Saudi Arabia is buying them out. And well, yes, but no, they're, they're not buying them out. Uh, essentially, Saudi Arabia has what they have, what they call is a public investment fund. Uh, and that's essentially a government run hedge fund that goes out and invests in different things, things that it thinks it's going to like uh, produce a return on. And so this, you know, public investment fund invested $3.3 billion. And they're the people that could easily invest that. That's for sure. Um, or most governments really. Uh, and they invested that into electronic arts, take two interactive and uh, even Activision blizzard. So different companies there, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, they're trying to take them. Over. No, they're they're just investing for money wise. They're they're yeah. actually, interestingly enough, even with that big number of three point three billion dollars, this ends up being fractional amounts of those companies, not enough to really be all that concerned. Um, 
in for even for most of those companies, it's not even enough to get on the board for that matter. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. It's just a continued direction that this country has been going and especially one of their princes, uh, the crown prince, uh, known as really known as, uh, NBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, he has been really working on like trying to modernize his company, trying to get away from a lot of the negative things that his country and himself for that matter have been associated with. Uh, it's not always that successful because there are some negative things associated with both. I'll let you to figure that out. But the important thing is here is this is not them trying to take over these companies. Uh, it's simply they're yeah. buying a stake to make more money. I mean, the biggest thing to me, though, is a lot of people don't realize how big esports and how big games are outside of the U.S. Like mm -hmm. people think that this is just like, oh, man, esports are the U.S. thing. No, really, it's more popular. It's been more popular outside of the U.S. for a very long time. <laughs> Uh, and we've talked about was it I think it was in Dubai they were trying to build a like a huge esport like mall where they could have all these different uh, you know conventions going on at one time and events and things so and Asia's definitely have got esports about it like I mean Dota and all those different games Star uh, Starcraft it was uh, it was in like, Shanghai Shanghai that's, yeah that's so there, there's, well, there, there is there was a, a Saudi Arabia one following. as well oh was that uh, yeah because they had so it doesn't uh, really Neom. surprise me that that's it so Neom was actually part of that public investment fund. Uh, Neom was this big, like huge, like cityscape that they were planning on having where they were going to have robot jock fights and robot taxis and, and robot maids and holographs, holographic classrooms. And it was supposed to be the city of the future thing. And, and one of the things that they were planning to was this giant, giant esports arena, similar to the one of the things that we replied or reported on the past with Shanghai and stuff like that. Uh, they were in the news couple of years ago because Neom also was doing a similar thing where it was buying up a whole bunch of stuff and then it kind of like just pittered down because yeah. like that city just wasn't going to be created but yeah I mean among the other examples that was one of the other ones too is that whole Neom thing right so yeah a lot of stuff going on for uh, Blizzard um, but hopefully the, the a lot of stuff will become a lot more stuff because a lot of stuff going on isn't anything that's really impressing too many people just yet. <laughs> I mean, well, did you, and if, and if you want to see you the just rest Overwatch of BlizzCon to stuff, that, that was a whole bunch of like nothing that yep. you just said. Yeah, there you go. Uh, obviously you can go online and look at all of the footage from BlizzCon, uh, go to YouTube or go to, you know, Blizzard. I'm sure they have stuff there as well. Listen, but, I watched the majority um, of BlizzCon. All I have this is, is a lot what of we nothing saw. to say. I don't know what the fuck you expect from me. <clears throat> Anyways, oh speaking of somebody that's got a whole lot of nothing going on, on to Sony. <laughs> got him. Uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, PSVR 2 has been announced for PS5. Um, there has never been more nothing to say about something, really, other than it's been announced. Um, they say that it's going to have upgraded field of view, so that's cool. Um, still going to have wires. It's not going to be wireless, which is uh, actually a big issue for a lot of people, I guess. Uh, one of the main complaints. I don't actually know much about PSVR 1, but I guess it had a lot of wires to it. They have assured everybody that PSVR 2 for the PS5 is going to have just one cord um, for the whole thing, which will be nice because that's essentially what the HEC Vive has, and I don't have an issue with that. Um, however, 
currently does not have a specific release date. It also has no game compatibility whatsoever listed as of yet. There's there's nothing that exists. It will be backwards compatible in terms that you could use it on a PS4. However, you need to purchase additional adapters to make that happen in order for it to function. So when I said there's a whole lot of nothing, I meant that there's nothing really great to say and only things that are like, I don't, I don't even, how would I explain, like lukewarm, really? Like there's just, there's not, not much. It's like this was an announcement of an announcement. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like they pulled the trigger too early. They should have just said nothing. Sounds like Sony. They should have just been like, fuck it. We're not going to say anything about PSVR. But maybe they were like, maybe maybe this will distract from our controllers, which we're getting sued for on two fronts. Um, but guess what? It didn't because our next story is about how DualSense sticks only have a, an average of 417 hours of life. So this is still going, Sony. You're not, you're not getting away with it. Um, if you don't know... Sony's PS5 DualSense controllers are a part of two class action lawsuits. One, for them actually releasing said controllers while knowing full well that um, they had glaring issues with reference to their um, functionality and the sustainability of their functionality. Essentially, they, they, just, they just don't. They break very easily. They have glaring engineering issues. Um, and then the second one is uh, that... They're not honoring the fucking warranty on these controllers that they knew weren't going to work properly. So they're really taking it <laughs> from both ends on this one. It's pretty bad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, good. God. Uh, I did them dirty just like they did everybody else. <laughs> um, Basically. But uh, essentially, somebody actually took apart the controllers. They looked at it. Um, the manufacturer i think it is for the actual analog sticks um the mechanics within them say that they're good for the what is it potent potent potentiometers is that how it's pronounced potentiometer potentiometers um are good for 2000 cycles um for when like they're being utilized to i think actually do like a turn and when it's being clicked in it's only 500,000 cycles which sounds like great in like a, a sheer numbers factor, but it's actually not because you fucking click that constantly. Um, the game that I played today for three hours, every time you wanted to start sprinting, you had to click down <clears throat> and you don't sprint constantly. You sprint in bursts of like a couple of seconds. So you could imagine over the course of three hours, I clicked at least a few hundred times. Um, so that's already part of my 500,000. And that game was probably not as bad as some will be. Um, you know, or it is I, definitely not is, as bad. <clears throat> what I think is kind of weird from this is that these, uh, these are these are literally the joystick switches we're talking about, um, <clears throat> and potentiometers and everything. These components are very very similar. Like like they're like a small modern model number difference than what was used in the PS4 controllers. Uh, a couple of people have already done teardowns of these. And these these aren't like brand new things. These are like existing things, uh, just slight iterations on it. So yep. it's actually kind of shocking that the numbers are slow. But I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a low ball number. I think the number is probably actually going to be higher than that. Uh, oh, probably so. closer to a thousand hours, but a thousand hours is still kind of low for a controller. Yeah, really. I mean, like you would. Especially for I know console. for a fact that my PS4 controller, which I use that that PS, one of my PS4s was actually given to me by somebody else who had already used it for a couple of years 
And that controller, the original controller that came with that original PS4, I don't even know, seven, eight years later, still works without issue. So if these things yeah, are failing that's... in like a year, like on somebody who plays a decent amount, of course, that's bad. But that's not even the case. Some people are just getting those out of the box and they're already fucking trashed. And then you well, have to yeah, pay. I mean, there's there's so. the drift issue. Sure. And that's that's a little different than this, like estimated hours of life. Uh, <clears throat> I think we aren't going to know about this estimated hours of life for certain and for until the first year is done. But the current drift well, issue they have is it's going to be hard to even stupid. tell, though, really. Because most well, people are the points that you just made. Go ahead. Is like the PlayStation controllers, right? Like you said, like the PlayStation 4 lasts for a long time. And I can say that's probably a good valid fact to, to compare this to because um, I don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox, but I do use their controllers for PC to be able to play certain games. Right. Um, and one of the games that I played a lot <laughs> with my controller was was Rocket League. Played a lot of hours of Rocket League, like twelve hundred hours, probably most likely. Uh, and the Xbox controllers, I would burn through Xbox controllers. I know my brother the same thing. Like he would burn through Xbox controllers, and uh, until he got a PlayStation controller, like that didn't stop. And then once he got the PlayStation controller, he's like, "Yeah, I haven't had an issue. He's had the same PlayStation controller now for a while, um, just because it was it, it lasts. And it's and it's because it's a lot of like rotations, a lot of movement on that stick that mm -hmm. you know you don't typically get on normal games. So it's it's interesting yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's kind of why I'm saying that we need to take this whole report from this, you know, third party that tore it down mm -hmm. with a big old grain of salt <clears throat> because other people have already torn this down and said <clears throat> the switches are damn near identical to the PS4 controllers. So, you know, it, it's really, you know, like if, if we see them again, this has nothing to do with the drift issue. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, uh, a longevity issue. You know, we're not going to know for certain until we hit the end of the first year, at least. Well, I think there's plenty of salt in this uh, in this talk. We are some salty around, so. bitches here. That's for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Sony's made it really Jeez, easy to be salty, salty with them. Um, and and additional news that some people are salty. I couldn't fucking care less about this game, really. <laughs> but I, I get like it is it is like a staple that like year after year. I remember playing the fucking original Gran Turismo one and two when I was one and two when I was a kid. Um, so Gran Turismo 7 release was supposed to be um, by the first half of 2021. It's now been pushed back to sometime in 2022. Um, they're essentially citing COVID as the reason for their delays, which, um, yeah. you know, is a valid. But that reason. is that is a Sony exclusive game. <clears throat> yeah. Like that would have been one of the, the few like actual Sony exclusive games that they would have been releasing with PS5 because. I mean, as we've seen, a lot of these games are starting to get ported over anyway because of the Microsoft acquisition. Um, so like Deathloop and then now we're going to see some other things we're going to talk about. But yeah, it's like, you know, that is a staple game that PlayStation has. And now it's yeah. getting pushed back too. yeah. I mean, they've still got Destruction All-Stars, which is shaping up to be a yeah. pretty decent game, by the way. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's staple. I guess it's already been. This is like their Halo. You know, yeah, it's one of the games that have been right. around is, for a long is time. It's like their Halo, except for the fact. Well, it, very much like Halo. It's like they're releasing it right every back. <laughs> four to five years. Um, This last story for Sony is one that I actually kind of telegraphed sure. a long time ago, to be totally honest. I mentioned that uh, I've mentioned several times that, you know, Microsoft has been reaching out to be more of a community oriented gaming platform really trying to reach all markets with their games and that Sony um, is not. They're very focused on exclusives, but someday they'll have to do something because you can't just 
lock yourself on your console and hope for the best for all of eternity because it's just not going to work. Well, sure as shit, they're starting to branch out and they've announced that um, more of their games are coming to um, PC um, in this spring, um, like a bunch more. Days Gone was one of the games mentioned primarily, which is apparently coming to PC. Obviously, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn has already made its way over there. Um, Neo um, and Neo 2 are already there, which were originally on PlayStation. Um, people are still holding out for Bloodborne to be announced, but essentially it's it's looking more and more like they're willing to start moving their exclusive titles to PC. As of right now, there's always a delay of about almost a year, but this is an upgrade from the previous, fuck you, it's an exclusive on our console and it's never going yeah. to PC or anywhere else for as long as we have life in us. Um, yeah, Nintendo kind of learned that lesson and with the Switch, <laughs> and it's like the fact that the Switch can play so many games, like even, you know, initially it was like Skyrim, like, oh my God, you can play Skyrim on Switch. Like they allowed other companies to come in and start putting their games on their platform, which opened up a huge well, market for them. Um, yeah, you can't play, you know, Zelda or Mario on a PlayStation, but you can play any of those games on a, on a Switch. So that's yeah, cool. but, but I mean, that's I, I see where you're going. You kind of phrased it badly because all the consoles let other people come and and put games on their system. I mean, Doom and Bethesda, uh, you know, it and Bethesda, when they, when they put stuff on the Switch, were not part of Microsoft. Um, yeah, and yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying that I said, but, but I but, get that, but. <laughs> the spirit of what you said is there because they've certainly had some crossover stuff from what are traditionally Microsoft and or PlayStation exclusive type things that have shown up in Nintendo type games, uh, which was just amazing. Or even crossover stuff, even the crossover stuff with um, where you had the XCOM ish, like, you know, turn-based strategy game that had all the Mario characters and all the Rabbids characters from Ubisoft in it, uh, developed by Ubisoft. You know, like having a, having a third party developed game that had Mario characters in it was mind blowing. Also, so, yeah, that game was fucking fantastically executed. I, I had mm -hmm. so much fun playing that game. I was surprised. I was like, this is all of the enjoyment the of, of XCOM, but smoother. Like the game actually was just so well polished. I was just like, holy shit. I was blown away by that game. I had so much fun playing it more like, please, for the love of all that is holy more. <clears throat> well, Moving off on from all this fun news to the news that when we look at our YouTube statistics, it's going to show that all of our viewership just drops off right at this point. As soon as we say the word Stadia. Who? So, right, who? I, grand, I have Stadia Pro and I still have yet to hook it up and do a damn thing with it. Uh, it's pretty sad. I really well, I guess hard you could to, just leave it in the box. Hard to do anything uh, with nothing. Uh, well, I mean, no, it's got stuff. Just like I even have games on it that I've gotten for free. Well, it had stuff. It still has stuff. Did you get the state so, for free? First off is that we did report earlier that Stadia had went ahead and sacked and destroyed all of its internal studios. 
it had these internal studios that it was going to, you know, like try to develop games that exclusively could only be on Stadia because of everything running in the cloud and the servers being so close to each other. And there was some grand ideas there. There was some cool stuff that really could only happen in that environment. But instead of following through on that, they just destroyed all the studios. And some of those studios they had created from scratch. Some of those studios they had purchased. And in fact, one of the studios that they purchased was uh, Typhoon Studios, who had created Journey to the Savage Planet. Now, Journey to the Savage Planet's been on Stadia for a bit, but it's also migrated to a couple other platforms. Uh, it does happen to be free right now on Xbox Game Pass. I know we pump that a lot, but, you know, we use it too. So, you know, it's it's definitely free out there. Fun little game. You go out there. It's just got this crazy like sci-fi world that you go to and all kinds of crazy stuff happened. Well, some people were still playing on Stadia. Trying. They're, they're, they're trying to stick it out with Stadia. And they just start having problems. Uh, leading to a string of bugs, including freezing on the main menu, crashes, hanging, all kinds of problems. And one of the players kind of reached out and said, hey, you know, like 505 Games, which was associated with Typhon Studios, they're like, hey, you know, like, what can you do to help? Like, like, help us. And they basically replied. Well, thank you for con in a tweet. Thank you for contacting 505 Game Support. We're currently looking into this. Unfortunately, there's nothing we could do from our end right now since all the game code and data on Stadia are owned by Google. The Stadia version is 100% owned by Google and the studio they had and the studio that they destroyed. Please do not hesitate to contact, contact us should you need further assistance. 505 so Game Support. I like game? a whole, whole bunch, of not, bunch of nothing given to that person. But I mean, the people that are like putting it out on other platforms can't do anything about this because Stadia owns their version of it, their code for it. And they got rid of the studio, so they're not going to change anything. Now, to be fair, since this original article came out on Kotaku, there's actually been an update that the community manager for Stadio, Stadia did mention that a patch has been released and that should be addressing those concerns. But I mean, sure, that's now I couldn't see anything future going on of this because they they just don't have anyone that's going to work on this stuff. It's really, really sad. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a matter of time before somebody else fills this space that's better equipped for it. But yeah, I just it, think it's wild for them to start it off this quick and then kill it so quickly. I mean, and this is not oh, it was dead at the unknown from Google. Like Google has killed so many things they've created. Like there's a website. I can't remember the website now, but there is literally like things that Google has killed. And like you look it up, there's just a laundry list of things. Um, but, but I mean, this, this I don't know. I felt like there was arrival. potential. This one yeah, was I mean, so, I think there's potential, but there was potential. But this one was always dead on arrival from the very announcement. People were like, who's this for? Because they're, they're like touting, oh, it's on the cloud, so you can have top of the line graphics. Well, you can't because 
it's still sending you video and there's going to be video compression as it comes through the interwebs to get down to you. More on that in a second. Um, and if you want the best graphics, you're typically building a PC. And for the people who didn't want to build a PC, they're typically buying a console. So who was this for? It was such, it was this little narrow audience that cared about gaming, but didn't want to build a PC and didn't want to buy a console. And it's like, you've got this multi-billion dollar industry, really trillion dollar industry at this point. Uh, it's been bigger than movies for a while. And they're like, we want to take this narrow, any little bit of slice out of it. I mean, it was such dead on arrival. And the one thing that they had to capitalize on, which was the ability of like, take advantage of the cloud of like, oh, you could, you could broadcast video of what you're seeing to someone else instantly because that all happens on the cloud side and just gets added to a video stream going down to the person. Like, oh, here's my head cam as I go into this like cave or something. You could easily like, like pop that on. You could have a commander seeing what's going on of all the soldiers and shit, right? Or the ability of like destructible environments that everybody could experience at the same time because it all happens server side on the cloud. All these concepts, none of them they capitalized on. It was just yeah. so sad. And it got to the point so much that, you know, one of their big claims was 4K video. And, yep. you know, 4K gaming that you could do on like an old MacBook that just had a browser on it and you plug a Google Chromecast in the back or something like that because it's just feeding it video and that's all you're downloading is the video, right? So 4K video. And that became a problem for them because even with, I mean, anyone who has 4K Blu-ray discs that they can play at a 4K player at home versus streaming 4K can tell you absolutely unequivocally there's a difference. When you broadcast or try to stream 4K video, there's compression, especially in dark scenes. You see compression bands all over the place, right? And this was super evident in uh, just playing Red Dead Redemption, not even on 4K, just 1080 Red Dead Redemption. The beginning scene when they're in the snow and it's dark and everything looked like utter ass. Well, enough people got sick of it. And there's now a class action suit over Stadia's 4K claims. Uh, this is actually uh, an article on AndroidPolice.com, and they talk about that there's a 48-page breach of contract lawsuit. I guess 48 pages isn't all that big for a, a lawsuit, uh, but they they talk about the fact that uh, this lawsuit's not only against Google for Stadia, but Bungie and id Software uh, for Destiny 2 and Doom, uh, respectively, and that. The filing alleges unfair and deceptive trade practices concerning the advertised display quality and resolution of video games distributed by Google Stadia. From what little I've seen, that seems accurate. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, in fact, they even say that many graphically demanding games are actually rendered at lower resolution. Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2 maxes out at 1440p, 30 frames per second. So 
yeah, again, that was one of the things they said, oh, well, we've got all the high tech hardware on our side. We'll render it full resolution and just stream video to you. That's not even even not even accounting for the streaming compression. Already, they weren't able to deliver on the high resolution that they said they were going to do. So this is going to be an interesting one to watch, uh, as interesting as any lawsuit is, which is very low on the interest le- level. Maybe we'll report again again on this like in a year when it finally like gets a uh, settlement or something. But uh, yeah, uh, if this isn't the nail in the co- coffin of Stadia, I don't know what is. Speaking of nails and coffins. Why'd you take that from me? You're a terrible person. <laughs> Why? You're a terrible person. Speaking of something that we'll never talk about again, unless we're insulting somebody like Mike. Who's about oh, to be yeah. as dead as this fucking video game is? Right. Um, if it's it's almost like a counter should be iterated for you because of that. If the counters existed, it's not just me though. It's not just me. Um, we all do it. It's fun. Man, if this is no, no, it's just the you most, and Demiran. If this is the most obvious fucking thing that everybody saw oh, coming, well. a video game named Anthem, uh, released by Bioware, obviously, um, uh, has been. They've decided to cancel it, essentially. EA is like, we're done. It's over. We're fucking closing it down. We tried. We failed. Goodbye. Well, there was there was hashtags for weeks like save Anthem, save Anthem, <clears throat> like all over Years. Reddit. Nobody can save Anthem. Anthem's dead. Yeah. Um, also dead on arrival, really. There you go. Obviously, Bioware, a once great studio, um, very much beloved by fans of all of their games, ranging from the Dragon age series through mass effect um (laughs) a little bit fallen from grace these days however on that same note there's a little little ray of hope that has come from this um i guess the failure was bad enough that even a company as generally shitty as ea was able to reflect on their choices and bioware as well because bioware was extremely at fault for the shit show that was anthem and uh they've decided um, and there's a tweet that came out from uh, Jason Schreier um, <clears throat> that um, following the success of Jedi's Fallen Order, the failure of Anthem, EA has allowed Bioware to make the next Dragon Age a single-player RPG. Previously, it was planned as a service game. Now, in case you don't know, a service game is similar to what Anthem was, or it's supposed to be a live service game, so they release um, essentially living updates uh, month after month or so to sustain the game's activity and keep the players interested versus just giving you it all at once. Um, so they decided to just seemingly be less stupid. Um, he went on to Shocker. say um, that he should elaborate on one thing, although some people within Bioware have been pushing for this. The story says there are also people at Bioware who very much wanted Dragon Age 4 to be a multiplayer service game. Um, and he said, reality is never as simple as EA wants X and Bioware wants Y, which is fairly obvious because both companies just want money. So both want X and X. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Dragon Age may actually come out as a full single player game without any bullshit live service to drag it into the depths as would happen with Anthem. Well, Holly it sucks, fucking man. Lula. Because yeah. it, it sucks. This, we played, is... we all played Anthem at release. Yeah. And it was a fun game mm-hmm. at 
the top level, I guess. Best? Like, really enjoyed Iron it. Iron Man Shit. simulator out there. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, with the three different classes, being able to customize your, your mech, essentially. And uh, even some of the, the like, the, the missions we went on um, were fairly pretty fun. But, yeah. like, I remember when we got to the one point where we were supposed to be fighting, like, the god, um, the hell were they called? Like, the, the bigger, like, enemies or whatever. And uh, they're supposed to have like a huge, like, like an epic, like light scene where it's like the universe is coming around and like we're supposed to be fighting these things. And like we'd get there at this location and it didn't even work. Like we were like, OK, like everything's happening and then not. And it, and it kind of turned into that, like more and more and more into the point where we were like, this game is not very fun anymore. And it was like at that point when we started realizing that the game isn't going to be a game. It was going to be like, that's it. And and it's and it sucked because we really did enjoy it for a while. They didn't release well, some OK was, updates for it. Yeah. It was such. The limitations and the backtracking they did on it were ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> there were supposed to be these moving like. For lack of a better terms, ad ats. So every yeah, most people are going to be able to know what an ad ad is from Star Wars, but it was a similar to that. Yeah where some of the mechs, uh, you know, was their home base and that moved around. That got completely axed, got completely changed. Yeah. It like, and probably because they were trying to play, trying to do this, you know, massively player live game. Uh, and then they even fell down on that part because when you went out in the world, it was you and three others and that was it. Yeah. Uh, but Destiny... You went out with your fire squad and that'd be cool. And you could go into instance missions. Sure. But when you were out in the overworld, you ran into other people all the time. And there was like just this emergent gameplay that would occur because the public events would happen <laughs> and a whole bunch of people would come down and help with the public event. And then sometimes they would like go off into groups into other public events and just they, they misunderstood or ran out of development time slash money to actually develop those things on how these live games should have been. And they, they tried to what there's so many things in it that were like single player game focused and so many things that they tried to do that were living game focused. And they, it was almost like they tried to do both and they needed to focus on one or the other. And they well, probably would have had a mediocre, decent product at that point. My understanding behind the initial release of the game and a lot of the news came, that came out was the game was supposed to be almost entirely different in terms of the gameplay loop. And the idea was that it was never going to be this massive multiplayer game so much as it was going to be a very intense co-op based game that you could do like, you know, three to four man squads and then raids on. Um, and the initial idea was that you had your own little colony area and your whole thing was you would undertake missions to grow your colony area, expand your city, build up its walls to defend yourself from these forces that exist outside. And other players would all have their own unique colony that they would handle. And you could invite your friends over to help you with yours and do your missions. And the missions would be randomized and unique. But apparently at some point during the development, Somebody was like, no, fuck this. It's too ambitious. Scrap the whole fucking thing. Let's do it all over again. Because that made more sense than just delaying the game. Um, and that's when we got the really like torn down, 
basic bitch ass version that we came to know um that is yeah. and some of those mechanics existed when you progress through anthem storyline the city that you exist in slowly does expand albeit not in any grand manner but like you unlock additional parts of the city or that, any interactive manner or any interactive manner right like some of the, there's some like really dry npc dialogue there's like maybe three NPCs in the whole fucking city that were entertaining in any capacity. Um, and the story was just. Anyways. Um... <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyways, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, no, that's, that's it. That's all I got for that. No, there's nothing else to say. Makes sense. Well, I think the last story is uh, about Bethesda <clears throat> facing some class action lawsuits over the Fallout DLC. They had some Fallout, Fallout 4 eh? DLC. They had some Fallout. Eh? You want to tell us about it, Brian? A? No. Do it. Tell us. Oh, good gravy. I mean, that's clearly your ex down there, but sure. I don't see an ex. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is interesting if uh, if your if your interest is piqued by this, I highly recommend that you go out to GamesBeat and read the entire article on this because this is a fascinating little thing. They Bethesda, when they released Fallout, said, hey, we got this fantastic idea. We're going to offer you DLC for life. Now, not the life of the player, <laughs> the life of the game. Let's be realistic here, right? Uh, and people understood that. And they're like, and, and Bethesda was like 30 bucks initially. Uh, later on, they actually increased the price. I think at one point it actually got up to $60 and that was fine. People purchased this because they're like, oh, that's cool. Like whatever DLC they release for this game for however long they're going to like produce DLC for it, which is not going to be forever, but that's great. I just got to pay one season pass time and boom, I get it for whatever. And that worked out pretty well because they released some DLC and people got it and they're like, okay, that's part of it. You know, they just downloaded it for free. Actually, they paid for it, but still nonetheless. And then later on, June 11th, 2017, Bethesda announced something called the Creation Club. And this was their concept of trying to bring together almost like a steam uh was the steam workshop the steam workshop, workshop where yeah. it has a whole bunch of player created content right and that was the concept here is they're going to bring in creator club and they're going to bring in player created mods and player created content where you could easily uh, i think initially they even talked about like purchasing it and giving some of the proceeds back to the people who create the content and that all fell through that was that's another discussion whatsoever but they did that and they also put some of their own content that they created into the creator club. And people like, oh, wow, Bethesda released this new stuff to Fallout 4 and I should be able to go download it for free, right? Nope, it's not DLC. It's part of the creator club. <laughs> people got kind of bent out of shape about this. Understandably so. Um. So in an interview, someone said, simply put, Bethesda sold a season pass with the understanding that it was going to give the holders of the season pass any and all DLC content that was going to be created for the game Fallout 4 on a go forward basis. They released a limited amount of DLC 
well, of course, that makes sense. Uh, that's my add in there. Uh, then they released a second wave of DLC, but decided to call it Creation Club content and artificially removed it from the definition of DLC, meaning that they promised people at the onset that we'll give you everything we made. And then they reneged on the promise uh, and they did so to their benefit or the detriment of the plaintiffs. So this is an interesting, uh, it's becoming a class action lawsuit at this point in time on something that clearly happened like 2017, but I mean, that's how lawsuits work. They take a while to build up and and go through. Uh, It's very interesting. And what, besides the fact that it's another lawsuit and there's a limited level of interest in it, it's, it's interesting because the timing that this is now coming to go right now, right when Microsoft is still trying to finish the deal of, of buying ZeniMax and Bethesda as a whole for $7.5 billion, that deal's still pending. And this, Class action lawsuit, which may actually exceed a billion dollars, is still on the books and pending. It's rough. Rough. <sighs> a lot of class action lawsuits today, apparently. That's our that's our thing and our theme for the day. Everyone's just getting sued. Yeah. And Nixon, know. Just, you know, there's gonna be a class games. action lawsuit about uh against got our attention about the fact that we provide news. Yeah, we don't provide news. We talk about the news. We provide so entertainment about the news. <laughs> yeah, you guys write it. We just talk about it. So anyway, with that being said, hang out for just a minute. We're going to talk. Uh, well, we're going to do nothing, but you guys are going to listen to a word from our sponsor. And we're back. We're going to talk about what we've been playing this week. Uh, we actually played something different in the sense of the type of game um, that we typically do play. So we've been playing a lot of survival, we've been playing a lot of uh, ghost hunting, ghost scary games, even uh, first person shooter types of games. Um, but we finally played a racing game, sort of. Uh, so a game called Wreckfest. It's currently free on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it is $29.99 on Steam. Uh, Wreckfest is a a game that is almost like uh, if you're familiar with like the old burnout series um, or it's actually uh, the company that's called uh, that made flat out is the same company who made this game wreck uh, wreck fest. Um, but uh, flat out was like a really good like simulation type dirt, dirt track kind of racing game. Um, but they bring in the destruction into this so you can actually race like, you know, do like dirt races and things like that with your cars uh, or potentially sofas and, like school buses. buses but other than that uh so you can do all that but there's also simulated destruction so when you're taking certain corners and things you have to be very careful with you know how you're you know driving um but very realistic very very fun and uh yeah really um so the other part of the game that you can do is actually destruction derby and and it does actually someone had mentioned this it actually reminds me a lot of well, it reminded me a lot of playing the Twisted Metal series uh, because that's kind of the just, <laughs> only thing I was missing was shooting rockets. And, and that, that's the only thing I was really missing out of it. And, you know, obviously Axel with the two tires and everything. But like uh, so Destruction Derby, we're in different like different maps we could pick and we could pick like cars to school buses to harvesters to lawnmowers 
to like a three wheeled car. I mean, it's very interesting things we could do. I, I mean, are you looking at chat? Yeah. Because that's exactly yeah. what chat's been saying before you said it. Yeah, I know. I heard it. <laughs> I don't reference chat when we're live here, okay? People on the, and listening don't understand chat. Well, not, I'm just saying that, that you literally did by saying the exact same things that chat was saying. Yeah, for sure. They're feeding me. It's like the, the teleprompter. Uh, so, but yeah, okay, so Wreckfest was really cool. Um, it is, like I said, free on Xbox Game Pass right now. You can check it out or it's $29.99 on Steam. Uh, one thing to note is if you have, let's say you already own it on Steam and you have friends that have Xbox Game Pass, you've been wanting to play with them and you finally they have it, they can play it now. It is not compatible with Steam cross-play. and Xbox Game Pass. So you cannot cross play between those. Yes, it's all PC. I get that. But something is different, whether well, it's the port, whether it's Azure versus Steam or whatever. What I don't they're get, not letting you play it together. What I don't get is they release it for Xbox Game Pass for PC and Xbox series blah console. Yeah. And they didn't even make it cross play between those two. That was really weird. Yeah. Really, really that was, was really weird. Super bizarre. <laughs> like we totally wanted to bring in a couple of friends of the podcast, and some of them only have like Xbox console. They don't. They don't necessarily have the ability to jump on with PC, and we couldn't because we're like, oh shit, it's not crossplay between those two things, and they're both on Xbox Game Pass. That was crazy. Yeah. But ultimately, really fun racing game, like Destruction Derby type game. Uh, I definitely check it out, especially if if it's, you know, something that's up in your alley. Um, we all had a blast. We played for a good two hours and it was like just fun. Uh, there was a course that's like a open, like huge circle, like normal race kind of le- uh, level. Um, but it had the middle open so we could like get up a lot of speed on the outside and then fly back in the middle and just just destroy whoever we hit and uh, and sometimes they'd flip over and sometimes like you'd flip over and be like what the hell is going on here um but or there's a lot of different they would uh, press x and bitch out right in front of you and you slammed into a wall that happened too so <laughs> there uh there was a lot of fun factors to the game definitely check it out if you're into racing and destruction um but yeah that's that's wreckfest uh, we also played valheim again uh we've been well not also we've been playing valheim uh, one of our friends actually set up uh, a dedicated server. So we've been playing on that for a little bit. Um, but obviously it's it's the more you dive into it. We've talked about it. It's the more you dive into it, the more you realize there's more to the game than just at the face value. And uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So, so we, we've still been playing that. I, I got to dive into that a little bit in two different ways. First, first of all, is the graphics. Uh, the graphics and, and a little bit of the controls. Like you first start playing this game and you're like, this is another, this is another like, jank ass survival game with like eight slash 16 bit type graphics that are like you get closer to textures and they just look bad. And then you actually play it for a while and you're like, holy shit, like a. What you're playing ends up being enough depth that that kind of fades into the background and then the rest of the graphical stuff besides just the plain old textures really starts to make the textures fade in the background. I mean, when the sun is going down and you see the orange sun reflecting off the water and, you know, rippling or during the storm and the big wave swells come in 
or fog in the the like the volumetric fog that they do is just amazing looking. And that's not even counting the fact that one of the, and, and I think I think a this is an artistic thing and B, this also helps kind of soften like the kind of low res textures they have so that it isn't all like Minecrafty, but they do this thing where the only place you really have focus is the center of your screen. Basically what you're looking at and then everything else kind of similar to normal human vision, everything else kind of like has a subtle blur to it. And which softens these things off in the distance or off to the side of your field of vision so that, you know, it look, it, it actually looks more realistic. It's, it's an amazing effect. And considering that, like, I believe this game was made by a team of five. Yeah. It's a team of five. It's, it's a tiny team. They've surpassed, like, I think 4 million downloads now. So they're actually expanding their team and going to accelerate some of the stuff that they had planned on working on. But the, the graphical treatment is so much more layered and in depth than I first thought when I first jumped into it. And I'll admit, I was kind of harsh in this game when I first jumped into it. I was like, this yeah, you were. <laughs> I was, I was. And I tend to be harsh on survival games because so many of them are just so much more of the same. And that's true. Uh, and I, and I'll give you that because they're, they're being somebody who plays a lot of survival games. Yeah, I do enjoy them, but yet there's a lot of the games that do the same thing over and over and it, right. there's nothing really new. Nothing and that's, new about it. that's what brings me to my second point is because this is a survival game, but they stripped out a lot of the survival mechanics that just weren't fun. I mean, they have a hunger mechanic and a food mechanic. That's great. But if you don't eat, you don't die. You just go down to a minimum hit points. And you stay there. And you're down this lower level. That's it. You don't continue to go down until you die. You just like, if you don't want to eat, fine. You're just going to stay at this lower hit points. If you eat food, you'll get higher hit points. And if you eat different types of food, you'll get different types of benefits. You know, like proteins and mushrooms give you a whole bunch of health. Um, yellow mushrooms, like increase your stamina. And again, like anything else, if you don't do these things, if you don't want to participate in these mechanics, that's fine because you'll still have enough to do the basics and uh, even beyond the basics. And that's just the survival part of it. Then there's the incredible depth that you just don't realize when you first start. You start off and you're typically on an island and it's a small area and you got a couple of biomes you go to. That's great. And then when you travel, you go to these other biomes and you find creatures you've never seen before that unlock new things for you to do both crafting wise and cooking wise and combat wise and everything else. And you like, you're like, I'm king of the hill. I'm great. You go to this other island, just get wiped out. And yes, there's a grind to it where you're collecting stuff to be able to level this up or to be able to create this to do the next thing. But what they do is they hide that in all the rest of the things going on where you engage in it and you want to do it. I want to go 
and get all this copper to be able to build bronze so I can get a better axe so I can chop down more trees, not just because I can chop down more trees, but because I can go to this other island where there's tougher trees and now I can chop down those tougher trees at this other island and that unlocks new things I can do there or even unlocks new things I can do on my own island because I get better wood. <laughs> Who's got the best wood? Uh, you know, it, it hides that grind in this other type of progression that makes it so much more interesting and quasi addicting. I have found myself playing it quite a bit. I was updating uh, yep. Zycia the other day. I was like, hey, guess what? Not only is there honey that you know about, but you can ferment it and you can make your mead. And Zycia is like, what? No, fuck. I think my response was just fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, so. the other people just pointed out, friends of the podcast pointed out that some of the things, uh, some some of the mushrooms out there can actually make you hallucin uh, hallucinate. So, I mean, there's just so many levels to this and it's still only early access. Early access yep. is limiting you how far you can go, but how far you can go in this is much deeper than any other early access that I've seen. It's, I mean, it's like 20 bucks right now in steam and yep. you don't have to interact with anyone else. If you don't want to, you can just do the single player game and have a shit ton of fun. They're procedurally generated worlds. So if you don't like the world you started on, you can just procedurally generate another one. And if you do, if you do want to visit a friend, they have this kick-ass thing that not very many games do that. When you go to your friend's world, you get to go with your character at, I won't call levels because it's not really levels. You level up some skills, but you also like build better equipment and stuff like that. But you get to bring your character over as is. You get to carry stuff into their game. So you could like carry in a whole set of armor for them and kit them out really early if you wanted to. Uh, you go in there with all your skills. Now it's in their game, so you don't have a base or anything, but it's amazing how you can take a representation of your progression into someone else's game. And that's not something that you see too much these days. So highly recommend that you check it out, whether you have friends or not. Fair. Yeah. No, it's a, Who it's would a have thought that I said the most about that fucking game? Yeah. I know. I'm seriously surprised. I've been surprised how much she's playing it too. Adventure. I'm still like I know. hooked on Path of Exile because I'm trying to do all the challenges before this league ends. Um, but I did break off some time today to play the Outriders demo. Outriders is a uh, essentially like a looter shooter Destiny-esque um, game that's coming out by Square Enix. And their demo was released today. Um, I did play it on my PS5. <clears throat> um, I don't know why. I just decided to do so. Aside from the horrible time I had getting into my Square Enix account. Or linking a Square Enix account so I could fucking play the game. The game itself was actually... I was surprised, I guess. I, I expected less than what I got. Um. It didn't look as good as I anticipated it was going to look, so I was a little disappointed on that front. But the story of what you get to see in the demo, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I 
I like this. I should say I played about two and a half hours of this game. Um, well, just probably just shy of three. I was closer to three hours. Um, it it works. The gameplay loop so far really does work. And uh, to like kind of set the scene, the this isn't spoilers. It's like in the trailers. It's the base part of the game. Um, Earth is dead. We we killed Earth because we suck. Um, two colony ships leave Earth behind. Um, in its final years. Um, and you're going to this planet that is supposedly inhabitable. Uh, 15 years into this trip, you lose all communication with Earth, assuming that it is officially dead. Um, there's some sabotage expected that caused Earth to reach its final brink of destruction, and you are humanity's last hope. Um, one of the colony ships is lost in transit. You are the last remaining colonizers in existence. You land on this foreign planet and uh, you start out in the tutorial and guess what? Fuck you. You're not alone. You're wrong. And now you have fucking superpowers. And. And scene. The what? game begins. You are imbued with these weird superpowers and you, everybody is everything gets really fucked up really fast. Um, the guns are very futuristic. Like one of the first guns I got was really cool. Like you start off with like a generic assault rifle, a generic shotgun, and two pistols. And then my first assault rifle I picked up essentially had a mod on it to where when I killed somebody, they would essentially like napalm explode and kill the person next to them. And I was like, <laughs> okay then. The so I like I'm shooting at that's people wild. and they just burst into flames. And then and that's before you get superpowers. So I was like. Cool. Here we go. So the so combat what, is. What style of game is this? It's uh, it's like a third person shooter, right? Okay. Um, so it's like a looter. Sh it's very similar to Destiny, and and it's actually I guess it's like a weird cross. It's more like Destiny meets the Division in terms of there's a lot, like a heavy amount of cover play in the game, um, which actually is pretty good. Like it has the same mechanic that the Division has, where like the cover play is really smooth, so you take cover. And like immediately you have reticles that pop up and you can click the button to move to the next piece of cover and like kind of inch your way forward. Um, and it's it's really nice. One thing that always drove me nuts is a lot of these games, the way they do their cover play is you don't actually know exactly where you're going to be aiming when you come out of cover. It's just kind of like you're just looking in that direction and you hope that that's where you go. But there's actually a smaller reticle when you're in cover and you can align that with somebody's head and then come out of cover. And that is where you're you're aiming yeah that's trigger cool. is so exactly like, you just saying. hop out and like they're there you pull the trigger they're dead you like you blow their fucking brains out and they burst into flames um the gear progression is cool <laughs> there's apparently crafting it's not accessible in the demo but really one of the things that impressed me is the characters that exist in the game are pretty well written like one of the first guys you meet he seems interesting and one of the first guys you meet that you're supposed to hate you fucking hate him really fast like, they do a really good job. Like, the first, one of the first cutscenes, this dude shows up, and, like, he's just talking on the radio, and then the first time you see him in person, you go from already disliking his general state of being to, I want to fucking murder you. And guess what? You get to fucking murder people, and him. Like, just right in the tutorial. Like, fucking do it. Finish him off. And then the, the entire story kind of continues on that same path. Like, you meet a lot of characters, characters that are written really well so that they, they seem like badasses. They're really cool characters and characters that do a really good job of just being easily hateable. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of hope for that game from what I've seen. Definitely has some weird 
things to it. Like some of the sounds are fucky. Um, sometimes the game just it it feels like weird shits happening that shouldn't be happening. Um, but that could also just be that it's a demo version, so it's just not quite where it needs to be. Uh, the AI is pretty yeah. decent, uh, actually better than I think most shooter AI is. Like, I feel like Anthem's AI was kind of, mm, um, it left some things to be desired. And what game was it that had? Oh, what the fuck! I can't believe I actually forgot what game was that I was thinking of. Cyberpunk 2077's AI <laughs> was really bad in a lot of ways. This game is nothing like that. The AI is pretty responsive. They actually use cover really effectively. They'll try and like push you out of cover, throw grenades at you to get you out of cover, and then try and shoot at you when you move. Um, they'll try and damage you through cover. So like if they're a shotgun-based character and they can shoot through your cover, they will like haul ass to you if you're trying to shoot at somebody, and they'll try and shoot at you through your cover to do damage to you. So uh, I really hope that they go the distance with it and it lands the way that so, I hope it can. Futuristic planet, you land, <clears throat> you get superpowers. And you're saying these random enemies there also have shotguns that are shooting at you? Yes. Well, okay, you, you threw me for a loop, sure too, because that. everything that you began with sounded like Mass Effect Andromeda. Until you said the superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, everything got better. Yeah, it, it's uh, really crazy. Like, you, you get to, like, in the first 10 minutes of the game, a bunch of people start disintegrating in front of you. And it, it's like there's just death everywhere. It's just people vomiting out weird black goop and just dying and just <laughs> just like really like picks up like you're just there it's like oh everything's nice you're on a new world <laughs> it's like everything is fucking awful and everyone's going to die and you're just like it could be that too i guess yeah right, go. well uh zaisia played this excuse me to be able to play this on uh playstation 5 but it's also on pc the demo is free for right now it's got an april 1st release and at least on Steam, it's going to be $59.95. Not sure about Xbox, but it might be released there as well. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that's what we've been playing. Let's get into our short attention news. So it's an end of an era. And in this case, it's probably good that the era ended. Uh, that's right. Fry's Electronics, for those of you that happen to have one that was in your area uh, and... <laughs> For those of you that are actually old enough to re remember when they were good, uh, yeah. they are actually closing all their stores. And this is not unexpected. Uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you wanted to build a PC and you wanted to get the parts today, it was a great place to go. It was really awesome. For the last uh, five to 10 years, me and one of my, uh, basically who I consider my brother, uh, every time one of us would mention fries, the other one was obligated uh, to say, are you fucking stupid? Because every time we went to Fry's the last five or 10 years, their selection was next to nil. And as of even before COVID started about right when it started, you had problems where the stocks and the shelves were going bare. They were having supply issues. Well, it's finally come to the end. They're closing all their stores. They're closed. Even the online store is closed. Yep. I mean, it's sad. I remember going like with my brother when I came to um, Atlanta to like go. I was like, oh, we're going to go. That's like Walmart on a Friday night. You go there and hang out for a few hours and just check things out. It was and, even uh, better. Uh, it'll be sad. Near the West Coast where they uh, originated. They didn't really originate there, but they were based off of based out of there later. 
was that they were themed like the one in Arizona was themed as an Aztec temple and they had stuff on the inside. The one in the LA area was themed with a sci-fi movie motif. The outside of it had a UFO uh, over the entrance. Uh, As you went in there, there was all kinds of like different things from different movies. They have giant ants. They had aliens that like had the big old bulbous heads and the, and the, the helmets. They had a a Jeep that was, you know, like as you could walk around this Jeep that was like melted in half by, you know, an alien laser beam. And they just, they had all this stuff throughout the store. It was just absolutely amazing. And they were a big box store like Best Buy was. They just didn't change with the times. Yeah. All of my experiences were awful. And they also had all the parts and pieces to build PCs back in the day where most people didn't have the stuff they had. So it was pretty neat. Um, Moving on. So uh, we've talked about Valheim. Valheim is obviously very popular right now. Um, And and within any popular new game, people tend to try to break it. Uh, And in this case, people have tried to find a way to go to space because yeah, we can explore the oceans, we can explore the worlds, but we want to explore the things that we know we probably can't explore, uh, which in this game is the air. Like, we can't fly around. So uh, what some players have done, they call it the Viking Space Program, and uh, what they've been able to do is take an abysmal harpoon, and one player can like basically slingshot another player uh, through the air uh, very quickly and very high. Uh, what they do is they basically dig a hole person gets in it. Um, the person with the harpoons above them. So that creates a trajectory that can actually fling someone up high in the air. And, uh, it's pretty neat. It's pretty interesting to see. And obviously if this is happening, it's going to keep continuously getting worse. Um, or better, I guess you could say better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really neat. There's a lot of uh, people already doing this online. You can check it out. And then once I'm sure there'll be a better video of somebody doing, the crazier things that I'm seeing in this video game clip right now. Um, so yeah, Valheim, check it out. There's obviously other things you can do as well to just entertain yourself outside of just the game. Our next story comes back to, uh, well, uh, Sony, um, unfortunately. Um, essentially, people are being warned now, Activision is warning that 500 gigabyte PS4s uh, may no longer fit Call of Duty Warzone, Black Ops, Cold War, and Modern Warfare. Essentially. Um, if you were to be playing all those games, the even though the the patch size for a lot of the new patches is only 17 gigs, um, the size required in order to download them is 100 uh, gigabytes, meaning that for those old consoles, the games have gotten so big in requirements for the actual installation of patches that it's not feasible to have all their games installed or even many games installed because on top of the already installed part of the game, you require an additional 100 gigs of free space before it even allows it. Um, so there you go. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Sad. So in the changing times, we have the Doom Marine and this PC Gamer article talks about how that the one of the game directors, Hugo Martin, said that he's actually thought about how to best incorporate a female slayer, Doom Slayer. And he says, I've thought about it. Actually, I think of uh, if we did it. I'd want it to be lethal. I think it's interesting how to impact the glory kills, the kind of weapons that she would have, the fighting style, certainly all the aggression, absolutely, but a different type of aggression. I'd really strive to allow it to impact the gameplay in a way that was meaningful. And I've definitely put a lot of thought of that. That's awesome. I, all, I, I like hearing all that, but one of the things I've got to say about that 
is if you're going to do something like that, where you're going to like come up with this concept of like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, put a woman in here. Then I got a little bit of advice for you. Include a woman in the fact that in, in the development of this, because I can tell you over the past, there was this esports dress that this company came out with and they like said, oh, it's great. Now you women can like wear an esports dress when you like play your games or whether you're part of a team. And the overwhelming response to this was, uh, did you involve any women in the development of this? Because it certainly doesn't look like that you did. Is someone said, honestly, though, when I scrolled by, I thought it was an ad for a shaming chair. You know, and people are like, hey, you know, it's cool that you're trying to include women here, but involve a woman in the design decisions here because it looks like you didn't. So that backlash so hard on that company that their Twitter account doesn't even exist anymore, much less their products. So I would pass it along this Hugo Martin of it of like, if you're going to do this. Get an actual woman's perspective on this before you continue too far. Fair enough. Um, Back to Valheim. Always comes back to Valheim right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Valheim has topped 500,000 simultaneous players. Um, They've actually gone ahead and pushed past four more games on the charts. Um, Essentially, as of last week, they, I think last week we reported on it, they had moved up into, I want to say 10th place maybe no ninth, something like that. Um, 10th, they moved up to 10th place. Uh, well now they've gone ahead and blown past four more of the games that were up there, including games like among us, um, which, you know, obviously had a ton of popular this year. So, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're now moving their way up to being potentially one of the top played games their next uh, benchmark is going to be none other than cyberpunk 2077 which obviously pulled off i think a concurrent player count of 850,000 so we'll see if they can do it sure uh moving on to some sad news and some interesting news uh first of all sad news is daft punk is no more they actually broke up after uh being together for i believe 28 years uh and True. while they weren't not the most prolific of musical acts. They certainly had a lot of impact while they were around. And uh, that actually came up with an interesting Polygon article saying that DJ Hero is the closest thing we got to a Daft Punk game. Now, this intrigued me because I was like, what is a Daft Punk game? Uh, However, they were kind of interesting because they talked about DJ Hero and they said they had some mixes out there. Um, You can find on YouTube of Daft Punk mixed with other things like uh, you know, uh, Daft Punk's The Nation mixed with Hella Good, which seems pretty interesting. Technologic with Gary Newman's Cars. Uh, I mean, I don't know who might have like DJ Hero actually or anything and might actually have the controller for the 360. Um, but uh, it might be worth checking out. At least watch the YouTube videos. Good God. So in other news, um, Actually, the president is going to be part of this interesting news. So the president is getting ready to sign an executive order 
uh, one that he will review uh, the United States, the ability to get a hold of certain types of items that are causing issues with like PlayStation fives and graphics cards. Uh, and when on that list, one of those things is like semiconductors. So apparently uh, with the shortage of the semiconductors, we're having issues getting a hold of all these different devices because they're not able to produce them fast enough. And uh, with that, they want to review um, the situation to see if, if there's some way that maybe the United States can be able to uh, import these necessity, uh, these necessary components and potentially even make them ourselves. Um, but to be noted, this is just a review. Uh, the executive order is just to review what's going on. And then at that point, the assessment can be made to whether or not something needs to be done about it. Um, but the fact that they're even involving themselves into this is just kind of crazy. So we had to include it. Here, how about I save them a billion dollars? What's going on is COVID. <laughs> what you can do about it is make sure the fucking vaccine gets to all these countries. Basically. I, I will take, I will take like a 1% commission off of what you were going to spend there and you can be happy. And I'll retire. Uh, really moving on and going over a minute because I've been good about going over a minute every single time today, but this one is worth it because this is a call out to all of our listeners. And we've got time here. This isn't a this week call out. This isn't even a next week call out. This is something that is coming up. There is a man out there and we have talked about small studios before. Uh, certainly phasmophobia, single person, Valheim, five person. There's a man Johnny out there Valley. for 16 years has been creating an MMO called Key to Heaven. And he originally started creating this two-dimensional MMO. And believe me, I looked at this thing and the first thing I flashed back to was Ultima Online. <laughs> Arguably one of the first MMOs. It very much has that vibes to it. Uh, and it looks kind of interesting. Well, he had a whole bunch of trials and tribulations, including the fact that he originally was creating this thing on VV6. And because he was creating this on VV6, when that kind of retired when I was support, he had concerns that he you know, wasn't going to be able to release it. Uh, fortunately, he's made it past that. He's actually made it onto Steam. And on Steam, he's got over 1,100 people that have wishlist this item. And this item, this is going to be released on the 26th of March. So this is a call out to all of our listeners that uh, we're going to do a game of moment of it probably the Tuesday after the 26th of March. But on the 26th of March, I want everybody to go out there, have download this game. I don't care if it's $15 or $20. I mean, go out and get it. It's going to be worth it. As long as you have PC, of course, because it's on Steam. Let's try it out. Let's at least give this guy some satisfaction after 16-ish years of working on this of I could you imagine if we all got together and we just crashed his server? I mean, even if it crashed, could you imagine how happy this man would be that so many people wanted to play his game that we crashed his server? We've got to do this. Everybody needs to do this. I'm going to be doing it was the, uh, on the 26th. What was the record he had so far? Like he was excited about 1,185 people wishlisting it. No, I mean, this concurrent users like he had tested. Uh, right? I didn't see what the like concurrent the users was. I saw what that part of it was. 
I remember something like 30. Like he he like had he's tested like up to 30 people connected. Yeah. It was fantastic or something. So, so I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Even if a thousand people join, that, that would be well, I, this I man know. would be I think so gonna, happy. Oh, he's going to be happy, but it's going to be funny as shit. So it'll be interesting. We'll check it out. Uh, yeah. See what it's like. So uh, I'm I will be there March 26th. It is a Friday. I guarantee you come hell or high water. This will be running on my PC that day and I'll be attempting to connect. Yeah. So speaking about, uh, like I said, people who developing companies are just one person. Uh, so Stardew Valley, uh, if you're not familiar with that game, is the farming uh, crafting game that we have um, that I'm very familiar with. Uh, but it's basically a farming simulator. You have a town you can go to and hang out with it uh, and all that stuff. Well, uh, the same creator, uh, Eric ben- um, Barron, uh, who's also known as Conser- uh, Concerned Ape, um, who Chucklefish released the game for um is actually produced a board game so there's a stardew valley board game now it's running about approximately 55 dollars you can get um the game app is aimed to basically take the same for uh, gameplay so far uh, foraging farming mining a little bit of romance is built in uh a little bit of open-ended it's it's up for one to four players so you can play just by yourself or up to four players uh there are things that are supposed to be grandpa's goals uh and the community center like bundles so you have to go through and try to gather different things to, to complete parts of the game. Um, one of the quotes he said is it's easy to play once you learn the rules, but it's not a short, it's not a short casual game. So it seems like it's going to be pretty neat. Uh, like I said, if you're a fan, uh, even if it's just about having it just because you have it and you like Stardew Valley, 55 bucks, you can check it out. Actual board game. <clears throat> and for our final story to follow up for something that is Stardew related, is uh, another farm simulation game that is on the horizon uh, that uh, put up its Kickstarter less than a month ago called Coral Island. Um, they launched um, asking for $70,000, and they not only met their goal, but they're currently at $1,197,445. Um, so they've almost not only met their primary goal, but they've almost met all of their stretch goals. Um, this, uh, this game looks a lot in terms of gameplay, like Stardew Valley, just way more content thrown into it and way more elaborate. Um, so if you're interested, (laughs) Coral Island, yeah. Um, Coral Island is the name of the game. Coral. Coral. C-O-R-A-L. Coral. Damn Canadians. Man, fuck all y'all, eh? Yeah? <laughs> if you guys want it to go there, bud, let me tell you, I'll fucking take it there, all right? I'll take you to Coral Island, and I'll fucking drown you in the fucking ocean that surrounds it. I'll tell you what. Yes! I don't want any more of this fucking bullshit, eh? You guys keep coming to me with your saying things fucking wrong. Diablo and Coral, all right? If you want to go to Coral Island, you go to fucking Coral Island, bud. I know where I'll be. It'll be Coral Island. Coral with a fucking C, all right? Tired of your oh shit. Oh my god. Fucking hell. We we just we just regained <laughs> all the YouTube viewership that we lost when I said the word Stadia. Oh fuck Stadia. Oh, fuck the horse it couldn't afford to ride in on. And fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. Uh, so that brings us into our email segment, uh, which we currently don't have any emails this well, week. Fucking but if you do, email, send for us fuck's one. sakes. Keeps asking for it. GOA at sasgaming.com. Send us an email. We'll check it out. We'll read it out loud. We'll do those things. Tell us about your DJ here that you probably don't have. 
uh, all of that fun stuff. So uh, ultimately, that's what got our attention this week. So if you want to check us out uh, personally, you can check me out on uh, Twitch. I'm XYCIA or Zycia, a.k.a. Zycia uh, on Twitch or on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Zycia Gaming. Uh, Brian? Phoenix Nova, P-H-O-E-N-N-I-X underscore Nova at Twitch. Uh, when I'm on there, I'm playing around with some things to do. Uh, as I've been saying, and some of them have actually been coming to fruition. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and uh, for when I <laughs> infrequently post there, uh, but also Twitter at the same one. Just remove the underscore in between just Phoenix Nova, that double N in there. No underscore. And YouTube, my God, if I can just get like, I don't know, 150 more subscribers, it can like it'd be easy to find me there, too. Oh yeah, but you, you can uh, you can find me at uh, Dimirn on Twitch. That's uh, D Y M Y R N, or uh, on He's the broken. Twitters, you can find me at uh, Dimirn Gaming. Eh? Yeah. So just uh, go ahead and fucking check it out. I stream every now and then, mostly Path of Exile right now. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, take her easy. Have a good one. I can't wait till he starts oh, speaking Portuguese. So I say I think we broke him. I think he's just broken at this point. But uh, ultimately, broken. if you're listening to the podcast, we do put these up. It, we do put these videos out on YouTube afterwards, so you can check it out later. You can always go to the Twitch page too to see previous content as well. So uh, on that note, uh, you guys stay safe out there. Uh, keep holding strong. Love you guys. Everybody, take care. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you next week. Y'all take care. Later.